You are listening to Be the Love, transcending through the shadows into a higher state of consciousness. We are souls on the journey, opening up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez, and we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. Hop on board the Ascension Bus. This is Jules DeVito from Highly Sensitive Humans. This is Katie Jo Holton. We are Michael and Jamie Thornhill at Casa Galactica. This is Tara Jolly. I'm Anna Anderson, and you are listening to Be The Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be The Love, Transcending Through the Shadows. I am Stacey Musial, your host and soul on the journey. And thank you so much for tuning in this week. And if you enjoyed listening to our show, we would be absolutely so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews really help the show become more visible and spread the word to others. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin to take a moment to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, letting go of anything that's keeping you from being present. And take another breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy and breathing out anything you're ready to release in this moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself and breathe out that light and love and sending it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Today, we have Brenda Carey back here again with us. Brenda is passionate about creating inspiring yoga classes and workshops to connect students to a meaningful and heartfelt experience. She teaches a variety of styles of yoga and meditation while often incorporating Ayurveda, yogic philosophy, spirituality, Native American teachings, sound healing, and Reiki. She is the owner of Sacred Path Healing, Yoga, and Reiki. And her intention is to serve the community to be mindful and authentic creators. So thank you so much for being back here with us again today, Brenda. Thank you, Stacey. It's so great to be back. Yeah, and I'm really excited about our topic today. It's a, it's such a fun, fun topic. And that is the topic of Sankalpas. And so many people make New Year's resolutions at the, you know, this is the time of the year when people are really stepping into that and wanting to have a new year and new goals and new energy. So there's a lot of people that struggle with following through with their resolutions. So shifting that energy to think about it in a Sankalpa way, I'm really excited to dive into this to give maybe people a new way to look at their New Year's resolutions or their their life goals. And so 
I'm wondering, just to get us started, if you could tell us a little bit about what a Sankalpa is. Yes, I would love to be able to share that. So a Sankalpa, I always say it's like the yogi's version of a New Year's resolution. But instead of like in a resolution, it comes generally from a place of lack, comes from this place of I need something outside of myself to make me feel whole and to fill the void. Uh, The Sankalpa, which roughly translates in Sanskrit to a vow to our highest self or our true nature. And so the yogi looks at this through more of a heart-minded So from this energy of self-love and compassion and a lot of grace, and it's developing a sort of overall theme for our year. So I start every year, actually, I've already started the process about the month before into diving in and creating this Sankopa statement. Sometimes it's nicknamed as our heart's deepest desire. And it comes again from the energy of love and I am already complete. I don't need anything else outside of myself to fix me or to make me better, but it comes from this place of I am, and then we get to set what that is. And that can be so, so powerful, especially at the beginning of a new year or any any kind of new endeavor, but definitely at the beginning of a new year is a great time. I love that because it's really, you know, you're, you're setting the intention of how you want to be in the world and in your life and how you're going to show up in the world. And when you can have that say key phrase or key word to come back to, it's really acts like an anchor. Yes. Yes, very much. So I usually memorize my Sankalpa um, at the beginning of the year. So anytime I do come into a decision that needs to be made. I just ask myself, does this particular purchase or person or anything that's coming in from the outside, does it align with that same energy as my Sankalpa statement? And it's, it makes it so much easier to make decisions because we get bombarded with just too much. I mean, just so much information, all the different things we could purchase. So I really take that into consideration and really focus on, does this product, does this service align with my Sankalpa of what I want to, you know, bring to the world? I love that because I think, you know, in this world that we're living in, we do, we get, there's so much information always coming toward us. So many programs and books and like I I can get so overwhelmed really quickly because I, I have so many interests and I'm like, you know, when I'm looking into new things, there's like a a new program I want to do or that or this, you know, and I want to do it all. And, and it's not possible to do everything all at once. You know, I mean, there's, I gotta have a lifetime to do those things, but to have a year, it helps to really connect to that. So can you give us like an example, like how you've used Sankalpas in your own life and maybe what that's looked like to bring that back to center for you? Sure. So for many years, I struggled with an autoimmune condition and I would come to the beginning either of a new year or a new program that I was going to try to help, you know, heal my body. And so often 
without my sankalpa, I would come into this with a very, like a very needy kind of feeling. And this idea that I, I needed to be fixed or I just wasn't enough as I was. And so it became like this discord between what I really wanted, like my heart really wanted to be healed and whole and have the energy. But yet where I was coming from was this place of lack. And that's so often how resolutions are devised. You know, I feel like, oh, I have this problem because I'm not enough or I need to be something more. And here's this outside thing that's gonna come in and quote unquote, fix me or fix my problem. And so as I started to shift my mindset and I created a sankalpa, and my sankalpa was very simple at that time. It was, I love my body and I listen to its wisdom. And I would just say that before I approached any kind of, you know, the next diet book or autoimmune protocol or next expert. And I would just sit with it and be like, okay, so I know that I love my body and it has this, it has this wisdom. And does this align, does this particular book really align with my own inner wisdom? And I'm not saying everything, you know, turned out perfectly, but it gave me an opportunity to really sit with, okay, what, what do I really want? And is, is this the best approach? And it also gave me permission to say, well, no, it's not. And that's okay. Or maybe it's a not yet. And so I started approaching my healing from the mindset of a healthy person. And that's a huge crossover because after all the labels and diagnoses I had been given, I wasn't thinking in a place of, I love my body. I was thinking from this place of, well, well, this doctor told me there was something wrong. And so that was my mindset. And I really like sort of embodied that in my heart. And so I lived from this perspective of, well, there's something wrong with my body and there's something wrong with me. And so as the San couple really began to work into, and I worked from that place, that place of, I love my body and it has its own wisdom. Then I was able to make just more informed choices, not out of a sense of panic or desperation. And I could say no to the things that were not a good fit. And then I brought in people or uh, nutrition plans that really did resonate with me. And I saw much quicker results when I gave myself that permission and thought from the mindset of a healthy person. I think that's just such a beautiful shift, especially when we do think about, say, New Year's resolutions, and it does come from a place of lack. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, need to like lose weight. You know, I'm not good enough unless I do this or, but shifting that perspective can really open up the the heart space, the heart centered and based to move forward in a loving and gentle way. Because I think too, as I'm talking about this, it's really the New Year's resolutions is so masculine focused. Mm. And it's that energy of, you know, what we've been conditioned to do in our world and our culture, not right or wrong. It just is. But coming in from a feminine perspective, you know, where we can really embody the feeling of wholeness, you know, we're already whole, even if we don't say achieve that goal or get to where our our mind or ego or, you know, says we have to get to, but we're coming back to that place of wholeness. And that's just such a more heart centered, embodied approach that can be so much more loving. 
Yes, I love that. Yeah, it's a much more feminine approach and it comes from more of a feeling. Like I always say, we need to have our heart set before our mindset. You know, the heart has to just like feel it. I would just imagine myself in this healthy body, even though the symptoms at that time weren't presenting that way, but I would just like have this feeling of gratitude and love for my body and all the amazing things that it did. And once I lived from that feeling, the heart set became my mindset. It was, it was amazing. It was like synchronicity comes into play and the right person came into my life that I needed to hear to help me on my healing journey. And the right book came from like two or three different places. And so those things just all fell into place because my heart was there. And so thus my mind could see it finally. Yeah, which tells me too about, I mean, just the power of the alignment and synchronicity. When your heart and your head are in alignment with each other, those synchronicities are going to happen. Those right people are going to show up and we're going to recognize it a lot quicker. You know, they might be showing up anyways, but we might not recognize it because our head is saying, well, no, that's not the right person or that doesn't you know, and so we go into that analytical mind, but when the heart and the head are aligned, there's, you know, there's so much power in that. Mm, Yes. It's very empowering Mm -hmm. because instead of me giving away my power to the next diet, I think is going to work or the next person I think is going to help me. It's me choosing those things. So it's, it's just the energy is in a different direction. I love that. Do you have any specific tools that you use to align your head and your heart? I do. Uh, For me, putting in my planner, because how often do we say, oh, I'm going to set aside some quiet time for myself, you know, and then we don't do it because, you know, life just takes us on a journey. We get distracted with this. And so I put it in my planner. I space out some time to have some quiet, usually when my kids are gone or at school, so I don't have that distraction. Uh, I set up a sacred space, a space where there's not a lot of distraction. I put my phone away. For me, it's journaling. Um, I do some like just really brief meditation, light a candle sometimes, and then I do start journaling out. And sometimes it just starts as this free flow. And it might be something like, here are my highlights of this past year. And it puts me in this place of gratitude and just all the blessings and the memories. And so that becomes the driver that starts this process of what were the really amazing things that happened this year. And it can be small things too. And so it's, it's a setting a sacred space. It's journaling for me. And then I start writing kind of this free writing of highlights. And then I do shift into like lower lights or what were my challenges this year? And to begin to see those challenges, not from this victim mindset, but from this mindset of, did I, did I learn something about myself or about other people from that? I realize that can be really challenging when, when we feel really um, stuck or just deep in a particular challenge or pain. But hopefully my, you know, my meditation that I just did before and just some centering can help me look at these challenges as opportunities for growth. There's so much value in that, you know, when, when we can really look back at our 
the previous year and to, well, not only look at what went well, because I think, you know, we underestimate how much can really happen in a year. And I know for me, like, sometimes I'll look back and I'm like, oh, you know, that year I, it didn't feel like I did a lot, but then I'll like go back each month and I'll write everything down. I'm like, wow, I accomplished a lot. And I did a lot more than I thought I really did, you know, and I'm really paying attention and, and taking the time to reflect on that. But then also, yeah, those challenges, you know, okay, so what did this year teach and how can you move that forward? Because then you're stepping out of that victimhood of like, oh, well, this happened and that happened. And every year I think brings challenges. Mm -hmm. And so in order to really step into our own empowerment, it's important to look at the challenges and the lessons, you know, and the gifts from those lessons, because each challenge brings that when we truly step in and look, we can truly evolve as souls, I believe. Yes. Yeah. It's like you mentioned, it's definitely shifting from this mindset of, of, you know, life happens, you know, life happens for me instead of life happens to me. And once we kind of make that shift and look at those lessons that might have come, and, and even if they haven't come yet, to know that they can be used for maybe a higher purpose than, than what we realize at the time. Absolutely. And sometimes it's hard to, to know at the time what each moment is for, but looking in hindsight, recognizing every step on your path, there's absolutely no mistakes to them. Yeah. Very true. Um, so usually after some journaling of highlights, lowlights, giving some, myself some time to reflect on both of those, then I start to dive after I've revisited those sometimes several times, then I dive into, well, what do I really want? And initially it might be surface things. I'm actually not opposed to having goals at all, or if someone wants to do resolution, I think that that can be a great start even if they're surface level, maybe it is losing weight. That's a very popular one at the time of the year, or maybe it is financially re related or switching jobs or organizing is another very popular one. And I can start with those. And then I work in a little bit deeper and I tell myself, well, let's say, let's say I already had the job that I wanted with the money that I wanted, then how would I feel? And I think that's the key that we mentioned before. How would I feel if this desired outcome already happened? And then those feeling words, these like deeper yearnings, I call them, that starts to formulate this sankalpa because that gets the heart involved. So instead of it just being like a rational mind thing, it starts coming from this you know, deeper well of compassion and, and gratitude. I always love this statement. I know Wayne Dyer is kind of famous for this. He says, it's not about what you want. It's about who you become or who do you want to be? And those qualities and characteristics will draw in the events or the situations or, you know, the outcomes that you're looking for. And that's, that's kind of what a Sankalpa does. It, it really brings in like, who do I want to be for this new year? And if it is, you know, a new job with more income, then I want to be abundance. And everything that I think about is going to be from this lens of I am abundant. I have all that I need and then some. 
And, and that even includes myself. So I am enough is a really great Zen Culpa statement. And then again, when we live from that heart set, and then we start to see it through that perspective. And that's how a San Culpa just can really benefit what starts out to be surface level goals, but takes it this level deeper into yearnings. Yeah, I, I love that, you know, because when we truly visualize who we want to be, and when our mind creates a vision for that, our body follows, our heart follows that, right? That's why vision boards have become so popular because, you know, we can create a vision and we know what that vision looks like. And the more we look at that and create the feeling associated with it, the more our brain and our body are going to find ways to create that in our life. When we step into even just like that characteristic or that, that word, I know I've, I've done a lot of that too. I, I'll choose a word at the beginning of the year and find ways to create that in my life. Um, like one year, I know my word was vulnerability. That mm. was really tough for me for a long time to be vulnerable. Like, and I had to really step into that and open up and really explore what was keeping me vulnerable. But then I, I cultivated that feeling of vulnerability. And every time I would get, you know, feelings of maybe shame. Shame was a big one that came up for me whenever I was vulnerable. I'm like, oh, why did I share that? Brene Brown talks a lot about that cycle. And I, that was, you know, certainly I experienced a lot of that. So, you know, I was vulnerable and I recognized that those feelings of shame. I was so aware of it, you know, and then based on Joe Dispenza's work, because I love Joe and, you know, he, so he, he was always like, become so aware of it that it, it doesn't bypass your awareness anymore. So I would use that and then I would, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable. This is safe. I am safe now. It might not have been safe in my past, but it's safe now to be vulnerable. So I cultivated that feeling, okay, I am going to put myself out there and, and, you know, and pretty soon, like it felt safer and safer because I was cultivating that within my body again allowing myself to be in that space. So there was like the energy, feeling the energy of vulnerability and protecting myself in a way that helps me also feel safe in that space. That makes yes, sense. Very much so. Such a powerful process when you can step into the energy of that and really visualize, okay, well, what does a vulnerable person feel yeah. like? And that's a big one for, I think, a lot of people. Yes, very much so. And I love how you added the word safe, like it is safe to be vulnerable. And I think that is just a, a very key word to feel safe and grounded, to know that, you know, we are held in love, that those are very tangible ways to make a sankalpa real, even through the, the darkness of shame, like you mentioned. Yeah. And, and, you know, so making these selling kalpas, you know, or creating them and the maybe having that word, like what you might want to create, there might've been some messages, you know, you received growing up or over the past years that maybe that word is something that hasn't been safe or, you know, whatever that might be that body healing is it, has it been safe in the body to feel safe 
you know, and so working through that energy of what that would be like to move through that, that energy. Yes, very much so. And I usually tell my students, I, there's really only two rules to send couples. Not that I'm a boo for rules, but it just helps move the energy more forward. The first rule is just simply, it needs to be a positive statement. So it's not a don't like, don't eat that cake. You know, it's not that <laughs> it's not like a, a no statement. So positive statement and it's phrased in the present tense. And I think this one's probably the most important because for me, when I was on this very deep healing journey, I kept saying, I will, I will heal my body. And I think my brain took that as, okay, well, that's sometime in the future. And I needed to embody it now and feel it in the now, like fully present. And to me, that's really important. So I always say, be, be mindful of the verbs that you associate with it. So it's like an I am, or I radiate, or you know something that puts you in the now and just repeat it to yourself, even if it doesn't initially feel true, just repeat it to yourself over and over. And then it does start to sink in slowly, but surely. Yeah, I love that because the now statements are, you know, the present moment, really, that's a, a huge one for recognizing that we are it now. It's not somewhere in the future, but when you can cultivate that in the present, you're identifying it. You're, it's your I am presence. And I think that's really important, but I love those words that I radiate. I mean, just think about the power in that word. And when you really step into that energy of radiating something, how that magnifies and manifests for you. That's a really powerful word. It is. It's meant to be empowering mm. for sure. So yeah. I have a question for you since I feel like you've asked me most of the questions. Sure. Because <laughs> I, I know you're a very introspective person like myself, and I'm just wondering, have any words or synchronicities come up for you that you are starting to form a theme or a sankalpa for this upcoming new year? Has anything come to you yet? Mm, that's a great question because I've been doing a lot of reflection on that and my word this year um one of my words but like the main word is trust mm. and trust that I'm in alignment trust that I am creating what I want in my life trust that things are unfolding in the way that is divinely timed trust that that the things that I'm wanting to manifest are going to be divinely timed, you know, and recognizing that God's delays are not God's denials, you know, <laughs> so trusting that the process, I am in process right now, I am in the flow and things are going to come to me and I'm going to trust my body's wisdom. I'm going to trust that I am in the right place at the right time and the right opportunities are going to come to me and I'm going to, I'm going to trust myself to take that opportunity to step into the opportunity that is right for me. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's, that's what I love. Like that came from the heart. Like you didn't rationally think out like, well, this, I'll do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to, you know, it's just like bubbles up from the heart. And that's, that's the essence of a Sankalpa. It's like, here it is. And it just comes out of this really beautiful 
space. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you for asking. I think it is definitely very heartfelt. I've been, you know, on that journey and and it's like I've been trying to work with that that energy and and stepping into that like I am in the right place at the right time. And so I think it is it's just like trusting the heart knows and, you know, things will manifest. And so, yeah, you have to trust the process of the sankalpa too. Yes. And also know within the process, sometimes the sankalpa, this is the one of the beauties of it. Sometimes the sankalpa like morphs or changes mm. into something else. And I feel like this is one of the really liquid elements of a sankalpa, like resolutions. I feel like we said at the beginning of the year and then oh, the majority of the people by end of February, they're like, well, that's done. Forget that. That didn't work. But a sankalpa has a very different fluidity to it. It might start off something at the beginning of the year and we work through that. Maybe, you know, for you, like trust. And let's say you've really embodied that. And then it might come up as something else. Maybe it's a surrender process. And now the sankalpa has shifted and changed and moved. So I would say be prepared that a sankalpa isn't stagnant. Energy is never stagnant. It's always moving. It might be slow, sometimes slower than we like, might be even too fast, but it has its own timing, like you mentioned. And so just kind of an awareness for people like, well, I, I set the sankalpa at the beginning of the year, but now it just doesn't feel true for me anymore. Did I do it wrong? And I'm like, oh no, not at all. It means you're growing and evolving. And that I think is a beautiful thing. And so go with that energy. And so oftentimes I will like regroup myself about end of February and March and revisit some of those questions that I like the highlights and lowlights and those deeper yearnings. I'll revisit those from my journaling and be like, is this still true for me? Or has it shifted into a different Sankalpa statement? I love that too, because I think it just validates the ever-changing process. And, you know, we don't have to keep ourselves in a box just because something, you know, doesn't, like we, not in the, maybe the end goal as it, as our minds may have perceived, but the way that, you know, our energy is moving and morphing and creating new ways to be. And it might be totally different, but to give ourselves permission to evolve and change in that way and be okay that it doesn't always look the way we think it's going to, but how does it feel in our hearts and really like bring it back to the heart and where, where we are and and being able to revisit that. And it's that more like we were saying earlier about that feminine approach, you know, of Mm -hmm. like, it's embodying that feeling and allowing for things to shift and change the way they need to and kind of flowing with it rather than having it be like this rigid transformation goal or you know it's (laughs) yeah it's not black and white it's not like oh either did it or not did it it's it's that beautiful gray area in between where I'm like well it just kind of shifted into its own energy the only thing constant is change, right? So. so true, especially at the beginning of the year, I feel. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So this came up in a, a group recently that I, I belong to, and we were actually, all of us were creating Sankalpas. I'm in a tantric meditation course right now. And so, but one of the questions that came up for people were, 
feeling stuck in creating their intention for the year or their intention for something. There's like a lot of stagnant energy or, or just not feeling like they can move forward. And I'm wondering, have you seen that with people? And, and if so, like what would be a good tool for them to maybe move that energy or try to get unstuck from that? Actually, you, you just said it. It's move. <laughs> I mean, and, I'm, and I actually mean physically move. Because I think sometimes we get really caught in our heads up about, well, I want to have the perfect sankalpa so that, you know, it matches my needs perfectly. And, and we get really cerebral about it. And I'm like, no, but that's not where this place comes from. And so if we start feeling like, I just, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't know what I really want. I don't know what my yearnings are. And I would say, it's okay. It will come to you. Again, you mentioned trusting the process. It, it will come. And so oftentimes I'm like, go out in nature for a walk or go dance around your house, like move your body, move your energy, because so often we forget we have a body because we're so like stuck in our minds about things. And so one of the most powerful things we can do is just like move the body, breathe deeply, because so often when we're thinking really hard, our breath is super shallow. So I say move and breathe and then just kind of observe and notice. And see if a word comes to you then. And if it doesn't, no worries. It, it will come. Like, just trust that it will arrive at the right time. And maybe it requires journaling a little bit more, just sitting with it. And just know that it comes at the perfect time. This is, I think, great advice, too, because I think it's, it's all about the embodied embodied wisdom of what we want in our minds, the the cerebral process, the cognitive processing can get in the way so much of like trying to find that perfect word or, but like when you truly sit and allow that to bubble up, something will emerge if you just let it go. And I think that's the other part is like just letting it go and not thinking about it too much. Yep. Not to overthink it or trying too hard. Mm-hmm setting the intention to say, okay, I'm open to what my inner wisdom is ready to work on. Mm -hmm. I think that can be really powerful, but movement, I mean, like you said, I think is a really great tool and, you know, because life is all about moving and energy is moving all the time. And when we're stagnant, we tend to get stuck and where our bodies, you know, need that flow again. And so I think, yeah, doing some yoga or doing, you know, running or going for a walk or nature, it's all, yeah, yeah. beautiful and can help something, that energy. Something you enjoy, mm -hmm. you know, when it comes from this place of joy, because I mean, humans are designed to move. Mm -hmm. We're not really designed to sit for as long as we do and be as sedentary as we are. So just sort of marveling in the, you know, design of all of the body parts that move in the amazing ways that they do. Yeah, exactly. So curious too, like what would you recommend for someone who maybe like to stay focused on their Sankalpa throughout the year or like throughout the time that feels right for them? What's a good way for someone to keep coming back to that? Uh, for me, I, I make it 
a daily habit. So once I feel like I have my Sankalpa set in place, I write it down on post-it notes. And there's certain places that I, like my bathroom mirror, as just like literal reminders. Sometimes it's like the screensaver on my computer. I'll make a post about it on Instagram. Just And that's super powerful when we speak out. I mean, obviously Instagram is just more of a, a visual, but when we start proclaiming it to our friends and even strangers, it just gets that energy moving forward. And it doesn't take very, very long for us to remember it. Uh, and then the key is applying it. And so once I have those reminders initially set in place, and then I have it committed to memory, then it's a reminder of when I do come up to a certain decision that I need to make. And I'm, and I'm kind of just, you know, on the fence about it and uh, trying to remember, okay, what was my sankalpa and what was the feeling and does it match with that? And then also have like quarterly check-ins. And again, stick it in the planner. <laughs> I Because if you're like me, I tend to forget like March rolls by and I'm like, oh, first quarter's done already. Well, <laughs> so I have, usually it's like an hour, sometimes a little bit longer set aside to review those send culpa questions and come back and check in. Like, does this still feel, does this still feel true, true for me? And then also having an accountability partner is great. So if you have someone that is also on the same path and also wants to create a sankalpa, check in with each other and just be like, hey, how is that sankalpa you said at the beginning of the year? Is that still, still feel like the right one for you? So th those are just some little tips throughout the year. Those but are great suggestions. I think having a, an accountability partner, someone that you can, you know, talk to about it. And, and that also, I, for me, even though a lot of times I'm, I tend to be more introverted, I think you know, I'm, I'm definitely in the middle on the spectrum, extroverted, introverted tendencies. I'm pretty balanced that way, but I find that when I talk to people about something, it energizes it too. Right. And so when you're energizing that you're, you're getting more excited and you're, you're speaking it, like you said, I mean, there's power in that. Not only are you, someone else is hearing that, but you're also activating that within yourself. So I think that there's a lot of power in that. Absolutely. And so I'm curious too, because you mentioned that your son Kalpa from the past, I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about if you said going through that process, you started already going through the Sankalpa process. Um, have you come up with uh, your Sankalpa for this next year or are you? That's a great question. It's, I mean, I still have, I have a word that keeps, and actually it keeps returning. That's, that's another one, but the word inspiration mm -hmm. or inspire has been a very predominant word and, and theme that's come up for me. I haven't formulated the statement as of yet, but I know it's going to have that inspire or ins inspiration word in it because uh, it's this it's this expansiveness. And that's where I really want to go personally. I desire to inspire others through my own healing journey. And I've also been really reflecting on who, who are the people that really inspire me. 
And so I'm, I'm really working with that word. I haven't come up with my positive statement just yet, but be on the lookout for that because I, once I know it and it's, it usually, you know, comes, I post it usually around New Year's Day shortly after. And I just, that's when I start voicing it because it, it kind of creates this ripple effect, right? Like people are like, oh, I really like that. I think I might do that for myself. And they come up with their, their own sankalpa. And it's just a way to send that out into the world. I love that. That sounds really powerful and very heart-centered too. And so I look forward to hearing about, yeah, is that uh, manifest into what it needs to be for this next year? Yeah. So I'm wondering if you could tell our listeners what you are currently working on and how they can find you. I would love to be able to do that. Um, So my business is Sacred Path Yoga and Reiki. um, And that is the website where you can find, I have a Sankalpa journaling guide on there that you can easily download. And it's basically the journaling questions that I go through every single year to help formulate my positive, usually very short, uh, in the present moment Sankalpa statement. And so you can download that from my website at sacredpathyogaandreiki.com. And I also have an upcoming Healing Yoga with the Five Elements online series, which I'm really excited about. So this is for individuals who look to the qualities of nature. So the five elements, these are steeped in the tradition of Ayurveda. So we're talking about air, space, earth, water, and fire and how we embody these qualities that we see out in nature that are also within us. And through this process of yoga and breath work and some introspective journaling, we come to this healing place. And so that's a five week series because we spend uh, one class per element. And so if that is something that resonates with you to help kind of bring your sankalpa into more fruition to help refine it and really dial it in through the elements of nature. Um, that also might be of interest to you as well. Sounds really fascinating. I love that and how we can really make those tangible, those elements more tangible. Yes, we can learn so much when we synchronize with the different elements in nature, um, what we see out in the world and what also we contain as a sacred container within ourselves. As within is so without. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, and I can add those to the show notes as well. So I will add your links there. So so thank you so much for being here today, Brenda. It's been so much fun talking about Sankalpas. And... I know, I'm so excited. <laughs> I actually get really excited when the new year comes and because mm-hmm. I know the energy just moves and yeah. it's an inspiration for me to mm-hmm. see what other people come up with for their heart's deepest desires. Absolutely. It is one of my favorite times of the years too. I, I've got a lot of traditions like this is that I, I bring into my own yeah, life too. And it's just so much fun just coming, you know, into that heart space and, you know, really creating your year and recognizing the empowerment that you have to mm-hmm. design and create your life, create your year and how much passion and purpose can go into that. 
And so thank you so much for listening to our show. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would absolutely be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. And of course, please share the love by sharing it with your friends. If you want to support the work that we're doing, please consider making a donation to our show by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And until next time, love yourself, love each other, and love the world. We love you. We at Be The Love Podcast are honored to be supporting the Komodi Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization in Uganda that is working to build a school that will promote and support healthcare, education, skills development, feeding the hungry, human rights, and environmental defenders. Their goal is to work with young mothers and single mothers, street children, and vulnerable families who lack nurture as they guide them to become productive individuals, which will lead to a productive generation. Please see our show notes on how to become a donor, mentor, volunteer, or sponsor. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Chrissy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphics. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey. And thank you for hopping on the Ascension bus with us. And remember, there is always a seat for you.